Welcome to the first episode of Gateway Podcast, hosted by me, C.L. Thomas, from somewhere in the Mojave Desert. This podcast comes to you live from United Public Radio Network 107.7 New Orleans. For you wondering listeners, you are in for a treat because this is not your average paranormal podcast. I plan to go much deeper into topics such as in a world of paranormal with great mysteries, um, with all kinds of paranormal Ugh, I'm tongue. I can't do this, you guys. I cannot do this. I'm really sorry, Michelle. I can't do this. You can. Yeah, you can. Hi. Let's do it. Come on, you're How doing are great. You? I'm doing great. I'm so glad yeah. to see you. So, so many listeners are excited to meet you. So tell us what your podcast is about. Um, I don't really even... You guys, I'm just not able to do this. I, I just can't. I can't do a live stuff like this. Yes, I'm really can. sorry. Come on. Let's just chat. Want to? <laughs> just ignore everybody and let's just talk. talk? Yeah, I'm like totally. All right. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to go. No, no, don't go. Just stay. Let's just talk. Um. So what's really cool about CL, you guys, is I met her on a trip. We went to Germany and to Prague and uh, not Germany and Prague. What was it? Czech Republic. And the thing about CL Thomas is she's very humble. Um, she does all kinds of things and not and a lot of people know all the things that she does for work and all the things that she's written two books. And she's so incredible. And this is her first episode. And thanks for everybody being on. And I just want y'all to know how wonderful she is. And CL, let's just talk. Let's just chat. Um, because you, when I met you, I was by myself on that trip. And oh, I was just like, oh, I had everything. It's perfect. Come on. It's, and so um, I, you just made me so at home on that trip. And, made, and, and you were such a, a bright light. To, and you have so many um, things to share with people. Uh, we have your books. It's Utopia. And, you know, I love your books and I love you. So that let's just chat. Um, that's kind of how we made friends on the trip. We were like, we were talking about how we actually do see and sense things. And it's different than maybe sometimes what we see other places. Right. And that's what you want to do. Yeah. I just wanted to show that would that would discuss, you know, the deeper ends of the paranormal aside from, you know, what we see on television. And I wanted to dig deep into different topics such as like the paranormal um, spirit communication, UFO encounters, things like that. So I thought the show would be good. I'm just not a very good host. And I really apologize. Um, yes, you, you're authentic. You know what? This is what this is how life is, girl. So I love it. Keep going. It's great. Yeah. Well, this is Michelle. Uh, well, she is a really good friend. And like she said, we did meet in Germany. Um, I went with a friend named Kim. <clears throat> and we had a whole lot of conversations about Huska Castle. Right, Michelle? Yes, we did. <laughs> and I didn't even know the name of it. You had to spell it for me. I was like, what castle was it? We went to like 50, didn't we? But there was only one that made an impression on me. It was that one. <laughs> Huska, right? Right. And, uh, yeah, so we got to talking about that. Uh, did I interrupt you on that and get you off? But Huska's asking 
Castle, Huska Castle. I can't say it. Huska Huska Castle. We were talking the other night, and both of us were like, at just independent of the same. We were at the same time. So, well, there was just one castle that really, really got to us. And both of us, it was the Huska Castle, where you know so much more about it. But it was like, was it in the Czech Republic? Is that where we were? It was. It's about 40 minutes outside of Prague. And the story is it was built to keep demons in instead of keeping stuff out. So that's the whole deal with Huska Castle. It was built like in the 15th century. And the whole idea behind it was the villagers were afraid of the demonic entities that lived there. And so they built this castle to keep the demon in instead of keeping it stuff out. It's really interesting. But we had a lot of um, personal experiences with Huska Castle. We did. Like, the reason we why I wanted to bring Michelle on, I wanted to discuss a medium's mind. Michelle is a very good medium. She's also an author of Unveiled, Spirits Unveiled. Um, she's a tarot reader. She's really good at what she does. She's a teacher. So, Michelle, let's start with your story and how you learned that you were a medium, because this is an interesting story. So uh, I think I learned pretty young. I, I read something recently where you don't really have a memory. There's studies that show if you you don't we don't really know or remember anything from two under. Now, whether that study is correct or not or people agree with it, I don't know. I don't remember much more about maybe four. And I just remember, I never remember not seeing things, sensing things. I was very much in the church. So people, you know, they'd be singing about like Christmas time, right? Heart the Herald Angel sing. And I'd be like, and there they are. And then I'd get sent to my room, you know, things like that. But as far as the mediumship aspect, I think it's very similar. It's just what you're connecting to. It's a different frequency. So I have a different opinion than a lot of people about medium versus psychic, psychic versus medium. I think pretty much it's all the same. It's just you've got to explain how you're communicating and who you're communicating to. It's actually the expectations of the person that you're, you know, maybe doing a reading for that might have a difference. But for how I learned about it was I just always thought it was like everybody else. I mean, I just thought everybody else saw stuff. And they talked about it when we were in church three times a week. And uh, they talked about all kinds of things. And I just assumed. And so it's kind of tough. I, I can't remember exactly how old I was. But one of the stories that stands out is that I would go up to people and I'd literally just like say things like, you know, there's worms in your brain. And I'd get sent to my room and then a month later and it felt like worms. And that's how I'd know to say it. And then they'd be diagnosed with cancer. So as far as the people and the mediumship and people, what we would call who are on the other side, which I don't see it that way. I just see it as a different frequency. That came really early, too. I was always talking to people who had passed. And but they weren't always like CL people I knew. It wasn't like I was, you know, going to somebody and saying, let me tell you about your loved one. It was just like I would be talking. And so it was very disconcerting for my parents, <laughs> to say the least. So that's kind of how it happened. And it happened in a very, uh, uh, I would say when I was young, it scared me. Uh, now not much scares me at all, except for maybe some humans. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's interesting that you came from a very religious background, did that at all impose any problems as as far as being a medium and growing up in the religious background that you grew up in? 
It did because when you are giving messages for uh, like, if I'm going to give a message, let's say uh, to someone about uh, someone who's passed a loved one, for instance, again, to me, it doesn't feel that different than I'm giving a message, you know, to, to someone who about someone who's living, it just is a different frequency. But for them, um, if, if it was couched as mediumship or if you were using cards or anything like that, that would take it kind of over into the evil side. Whereas, and I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying that I was raised with that. And, but if you couched it as it was like a gift of discernment or a gift of exhortation or a word from the Lord, which it didn't, it wasn't a word from the Lord. It was a word from the person I was seeing, you know, <laughs> but if I was couched it at that, as that, it would be more acceptable. So it did, did cause problems. Um, and it caused a lot of people um, wanting to fix me and wanting to know what was wrong with me. So I was psi tested. Is I'm very young, uh, where I don't know if a lot of people have had that done, but I've had it done twice in my life. So wow. yeah. So um, yeah, it was pretty young, and 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 it was difficult. It still is because I don't ever want to push my belief self on it to other people unless it's something like hate hatred where they're being you know harmful or discriminating against someone i will tell them my beliefs but as far as proselytizing and trying to get people to believe the way i believe i i don't do that so it's just fine if somebody doesn't agree with uh with what i was on coast to coast the other night and they said a, a caller said you know it's really funny, but he said, and by the way, you know, that's necromancy. You're going to, you know, that's really bad that you're a medium. And I said, okay. Yeah. And then he asked for a reading. And so, but I said, thank, that's fine. I totally understand coming from that viewpoint and it's your viewpoint. It had I have no problem with it whatsoever. But for me, when people tell me how I'm supposed to see things and exactly how it's supposed to be done, um, I have more of a problem with that. Uh, I think everybody sees in different ways. They sense in different ways. And just like we all learn in different ways. So that now is where I have a bigger problem than with somebody who just doesn't agree with it at all. In the current paranormal world, it seems to be such a trend now where people are coming out and claiming mediumship uh, skills and things like that. Everyone's hanging jingles about tarot card reading, you're seeing a lot more galleries by different people. Um, spirit art has become a really popular trend. Do you think that this is some kind of collective awakening happening? Or do you think it's just a trend? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, and whether I don't have studies for this, I will say that about, um, I don't know when, but I did a study on the I, the witch wave because we do studies for our stores to know what, and, and, you know, just do due diligence. It's not about what I believe or don't believe. It's just about facts and numbers. And it is the fastest growing, whether you want to put it in pa the pagan category, I don't want to go into all the differences, um, but yeah. it's very quickly growing. And I do think people are seeking as a collective, something different and something, something that they can actually get answers to. And that really makes sense to them. Uh, do I think there's also some people as far as with tarot or mediumship or things like that, that also might, I don't want to judge anybody, but might just decide, you know, they're going to 
just throw their hat in the ring and they have one day they watch something and the next day they're a professional tarot reader. Yeah, I've seen some of that on TikTok. I don't agree with that. I think that's quite dangerous and perhaps even fraudulent to do that. But, you know, how do I know? If, if they, they may be very gifted and it's the first time they've ever done it. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a, a trend, but, and, but I also think it's the collective. I can always, always think about, I think that's such a good question because I think about it when like things come in waves in the stores. Okay. Like it's still t- at our stores, they'll be like every, all of a sudden everybody likes dragons. They're just all into dragons. I'm like, is that the collective that had us have game of Thrones? Is that, or is it the other way around? So which is like the impotent, you know, chicken or egg, which one's comes, which one comes first? And I'm not sure there's a clear cut answer on that. It's just interesting how it happens because when Game of Thrones first came out, it was like dragon. Every, I mean, you couldn't keep the dragon stuff in the store. And I was kind of like, hmm, is, why did that show come about? Is that what caused the sale? So I think it's a little bit of both. And the collective knows, and we know as we're all one, and then it turns into, you know, like with the thought form that it creates uh, from so many people putting so much energy into those things. It's really interesting. Do you think that, do you think everybody can learn to be a medium or learn to connect with spirit in their own way if they were trained? I do. I, I absolutely believe that everyone um, can. Uh, I do also think that it takes practice. Uh, it's I think you need to exercise your psychic muscle, so to speak, and you'll need to. Um, you know, some people can naturally a lot of us use the I'll use the skateboard because I'm horrible at skateboarding, but some people can get on a skateboard and they can just all of a sudden skateboard. Right. They just are good at it. I get on a skateboard and I'm going to fall off and probably break something, you know, but I can step onto the skateboard. I can stand on the skateboard. I can carry the skateboard around. And if I practice, I could probably get better at it. So that's what I think about intuition and um, psychic knowingness is what I call it. Um, Whichever, wherever you are on the spectrum of that, we all have the instincts for fight or flight. You know, there's a tiger run. Um, so we have that. And then how how much does that grow into more knowingness that we use in our life? And I think everybody uses it in their lives in different ways. And they don't have to be, you know, do what I do for a living. They may be a dentist and they use their intuition uh, and, and use it very well. And know even I even have a dentist that he knows, you know, he does the studying of which tooth uh, is it connected to which organ? And that's really fascinating. And so he'll know that too. And he'll know like, oh, well, it's this tooth. This one seems to bother you. This is connected with, and for me, it was connected with a certain thing that was going on with me. So it was very interesting how a lot of people can use it. But uh, it, I think it's just, it's just like anything. There's a scale of, you know, somebody's kind of never uses it again. I will tell you this. I never forgot. You know how people will say they get or they get it conditioned out of them as children and all of a sudden that they're told their imaginary friends not real. All that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went through that as a kid. They mm-hmm. that all happened. They all wanted me to be like normal, which whatever that is, but it yeah, never whatever, is. whatever that means. Uh it never for me, it never went away until not because of them wanting to do that, it went away because I, st- I I wanted to feel normal because I just felt so, I felt, I started realizing I'm not 
I am kind of different. And I wanted to just, I wanted to prove myself. So it goes to go on this mission to like, you know, I played tennis and I was a competitive tennis player and that's all I did. I wasn't that great at it, but I worked really hard and then and got good just because of hard work. And then I was like, I'm going to go to law school and graduate early and I'm going to do. So it's all this kind of running from that because I wanted to be in my logic. I wanted to prove that I'm logical. And I, now I know that you can be both. Right. You can be highly, you know, and the companies are realizing that now. You know, you think of Apple, you think, I mean, so many different companies realize how much both sides of our, I don't want to put it, you know, both sides of our brain, but that everything matters, right? And Einstein said that, basically, that intuition is more important than intelligence. So, um, you know, uh, but I did, I ran from it, but it wasn't like it, I was ever conditioned out of me or I forgot about it. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Like a lot of people say. With all of the mediumship that's happening, though, there there are a lot of fraudsters out there. We see them every day. There's a lot of them um, just doing it to get public attention, that sort of thing, um, to make a quick buck. I see that a ton. Do you have any uh, criteria that you use when you for people to be able to um, discern who's a true medium and who's not so that they're not getting... If, you know, first of all, people can get hurt when you have a false medium up there saying that they're connecting with their loved one and then they're sitting there fishing for answers, you know, or they're fishing for different things from their client. And then a person walks away and you know where I'm going with this. So is there a certain kind of, is there certain criteria that you use to discern what's real and what isn't out there? There, yes, there, I do have criteria. I will preface this with a disclaimer that I really don't want to judge people. You know, somebody may help somebody that I can't, that I'm not connecting with. Uh, so who, how can I say, but this is my criteria. Um, I don't think something should be called evidentiary mediumship. When you go, when you get a group of people, I'm going to have a group I do every New Year's Eve. And I'll, I'll, let me backtrack. I go straight to the person I'm talking to. Okay. And I get validation immediately. And I'll tell you how I do that. But for someone mm -hmm. to say evidentiary mediumship is, okay, they've got a group full of people and they say, now I'm going to say something and everybody raise their hands and keep your hand up until something I say doesn't apply. That's just bogus to me. And I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but it's just silly because, you know, you're holding your hand up until finally there's one person holding their hand up. So one of my criteria is, um, 
first of all, I'd like to know uh, that they're going to go straight to someone. They're not fishing around the room trying to find somebody. That's one criteria that I look for. I have a pretty good BS detector on it. And I'm, I have to be quiet. I've kind of told not too long ago when I was in something to leave the room that I need to go to the restroom and not come back by a friend of mine because I just really won't put up with it when uh, things such as I'll call, I call them punts. Like, you know, you're going to punt the ball because you just you're messing up. So uh, this is sort of a criteria of what I don't like. I don't like it when people, you know, they have all those hands up and then they'll say, OK, now somebody has. You know, cancer and they'll say and it's, you know, it's not just kind of cancer. They kind of they needed help. They're frail. OK, yeah, probably. And and then I literally am like, OK, well, if it's and they said, it's not it's, it's not it's bad cancer. And I'm like, well, in cancer, bad. I mean, it's all bad cancer. And so there's just all this fishing. <laughs> and I said that out loud, actually, in a, in a gallery I was in, and I didn't realize that came out of my mouth instead of in my brain. Um, but also when I've, I've seen uh, mediums, so-called mediums, who actually will blame the spirit. Like if I was to say to you, well, CL, I'm getting this about your great aunt or something. And I said, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, mm, no, no, no. And then for if the person says, well, that's what they're telling me. So they blame the spirit they're allegedly talking to. That really rubs me the wrong way. I think here's what I do for my criteria. I believe that you can connect through, you can actually be talking and seeing with either your third eye or seeing someone that's coming through in a mediumship. And that does happen. Or you're, you know, so you're seeing or you're sensing, but you also can be getting a, an impression that's an intuitive impression. It's almost just like an intuitive reading where you're getting a lot of information about that loved one, but I will never say to somebody, I'm talking to your loved one if I'm not talking to them. I may just be getting intuitive information. So I'm going to always be very upfront and honest with my clients on that or, or anybody in a gallery. The other way is I could actually pick up on potentially or someone could almost telepathically what, let's say you or in the audience, you know, what CL wants to hear. So I'm, I'm almost picking up on what you're going. I hope she talks about this. And, you know, and they, mm -hmm. they, then they loved baseball. And, and then I'm really tapping into that. And I'm not really tapping into this, the, the frequency of the spirit uh, at all. So that I, for what I do when I do mediumship is I tell people, this is what I'm getting. I'm either sensing them. I see them. I feel like, or I feel their presence, or I'm really just getting this intuitive information but I always, always, always get validation. Uh, something that, that I would not have any way of knowing. Now I say always, if, and this is what I think people should do, uh, criteria. If they, um, if you don't know the person that is giving them, uh, the people who know me and they've come to me for years and know that I'm ethical and be okay with, if, if, if you're going to someone and they're not okay with saying, you know, I'm not getting anything. Or, you know, maybe I need to send you to somebody else. I have a friend to refer you to. Or, um, you know, it's just right now that just it doesn't it doesn't feel like anything's really coming through. Uh, or even to say, you know, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. 
uh, it's hard for people to say like wrong. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, but they hang. People hang on the word every word, uh, and I think probably one of the most heinous things you someone can do is to play with people's emotions about talking to their loved ones. And so my standard is how I would want people to talk to me about if my grandmother, who she lived to be 106 and um, great mama. And I'll know immediately if they're really connecting with her because there's certain things. The woman never, ever cussed. She, I don't know that she ever, I, I'm serious, probably never told a lie. She um, was most, uh, I don't know if my cousin Sherry's still on here, but she was the most wonderful person ever. And, um, and so if somebody was to say something, I would know immediately if, you know, if they were connecting with her or not. So that's what I always want is I want validation. Um, so the criteria, a lot of times is he, is the person giving me validation if I don't know them already. Yeah. Sherry said, yes. Um, so that's, I used my grandmother as the standard for how I would want, I want to be able to tell people and talk to people and I don't want anybody you know, BSing with me about my loved ones. And I don't think anybody should about anything. So the criteria is that too. And I could go on because the, there's so many things I see that I don't agree with. I was not trained in the spiritualist method. I have friends who are spiritualists, but I do not agree with many of the ways they do things. And it's just not been my experience, but that doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just not my experience. So my books will be different than the every single book that's out about mediumship because every bit book that's out about mediumship that I've ever read pretty much um, has a spiritualist perspective at some point. Yes, yeah. that's very true. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about as part of a medium's mind is spirit language. Everybody that I know that has these kind of gifts seems to have their own spirit language that they have to learn. Uh, what is, do you know, can you share some of your insights on how a person can learn their spirit language if they want to learn how to speak with spirit? And can you also share what are, what are some of your language that you use? Like I know you use tarot cards, for instance, and that could be a form of language. You said you use your grandmother. That's another one. Um, I mean, it's different for everybody, right? It is. And that's the book I'm writing is I'm writing about the fact that uh, we all learn in different ways. So uh, as far as the spirit language for me, and I'm going to be honest with you, that's not a term. I've heard you talk about it. Um, so um, as far as the way for me, it can come through just with almost anything. I mean, any, I can read with a, I don't know, just like pick up something off my desk and I can read with it. Um, I'm going to get information. I use use other tools to help me validate what I'm getting. Um, messages come to me. Uh, they always have. In fact, I just have to like almost feel like turn that down. But I can use um, almost any modality, I call it, to get it to information. I will say this. Um, and Roger's sitting in the room and he can vouch. Uh, I do not know how to speak Chinese. But I dream in Chinese and I speak in Chinese. Have I ever told you that? And um, no. And, and I'm like, oh, how do I know that it's really Chinese? And he's like, no, it's, it's Chinese. And so um, is that a past life? Is that what? I don't know. And I always try to explain to people like 
most of this, so, you know, if you're, let's say you're getting, you're meeting a spirit that doesn't even teach your language, speak your language. I'm not talking loved ones now. I'm talking, what if I meet a spirit and I'm like, I have no idea what the spirit's saying to me. I will ask, you know, how are we going to communicate? Because clearly they've come to me for a reason. I always say, if I can just say this, I always, um, I, I think most, most beings try to meet each other where they are if there's a reason they're trying to get in contact with one another. Okay. Um, so I always, I just have this phrase, um, engage before you sage, because everyone's so ready to just think that it's the big, bad, the big, bad entity. They, it's some, some people almost want it to be negative. They almost want everything to be, um, unless, you know, so we can be, and you know, I'm on a show and I can be, well, I'm scared. Um, whereas, you know, if you knocked on my door and I just sprayed you with sage immediately before I asked, you know, even through the people, how can I help you? I mean, it's kind of rude. So I kind of try mm -hmm. to tell people, it doesn't mean you have to work with every being. You're not going to work, want to work with every being because they're not going to have your moral compass, your ethics, your, you know, they're, they're not going to play by your rules. Elementals don't play by rules. Animals actually don't play by our rules. We want them to, but they don't. They're different frequencies. So it, it's, there's all, all those beings. Um, it's, it's to me very important to learn how to communicate with them. And usually for me, it's adjusting frequency. It's not that radio channel thing that everybody says, though. It's different than that. It's just a frequency and and they'll come through. They will sometimes give you a different name. You have to want and people will be like, well, you don't know your spirit guide's name. You shouldn't work with them. I don't believe that. Um, so let's see. Um, I don't think. Well, everyone... yeah. Could I just read a comment real quick? It's Matt bad. Arwen is on here and he says, best of Christian and Warren influence where everything is a demon that you have to fight or chase away. It's a form of bullying the spirit world. Yeah, let's talk about that. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's my big thing. I remember giving a speech, I don't know, 15, I keep looking at Roger, maybe longer ago. And it was a huge paranormal group. And I stood up in front of all these paranormal people. And I said, um, I, I said, ghosts are people too. <laughs> that's what I said. And I just said, stop bullying them. You don't have to go and yell at them to get them to you know, and scream at them like that one dude does. You can say his name if you, if you want. I don't want to ruin your show by saying it, but I don't like him. And he's got, you know, he's real famous and he'll just yell at spirits and everything. I think that's so inappropriate and it really makes me angry when people do that. Because in my opinion, I'm not, I'm not convinced they're really seeing spirits when they do that. Uh, that's not how you get spirits. You don't need to agitate every ghost, every, and not, I don't think all ghosts are spirits or, you know, it's kind of complicated there, but you don't have to agitate them. Um, uh, having compassion for all beings and starting there, if everybody would just start there instead of assuming with Matt, that comes from the conditioned beliefs. And so much does in the paranormal world as far as like with dealing with ghosts, you know, a lot of times it's we're going to say the Lord's prayer. We're going to do this. We're going to. And so much of it does come from a religious background that they're carrying over into uh, a paranormal or mediumship environment where, quite frankly, I've met many beings 
that could care less what humans think and they could care less about your prayers. Could care less. It's interesting you said that. This is um, just this past week, uh, actually, it was yesterday, last night, I stayed at um, the Joshua Tree Inn, which is supposed to be incredibly haunted. And everyone says it uh, has a de demonic oppression to it and this and that. Um, for those that don't know, I, I have worked in the country music industry and I know Phil Kaufman personally. Um, and I know a couple other people who knew Graham Parsons. And I slept in that room last night and, and the bed is positioned in that room to where it's facing this mirror. Um, and the way they're positioned, you can almost like see what, you know, you can almost see what was going on the night that happened. It happened in 1973 that he passed away in this room. The mirror is the only surviving piece of furniture that still exists there. So you can, and the bed is like right across, you can see right into the mirror. But I did not pick up on anything scary from this place whatsoever. What I did pick up on was a little bit of regret, depression. Um, there was a lot of love there a lot of artistic, um, a lot of art was there, a lot of influence. It, it was a really peaceful place. Yeah. So these TV shows that are filming this place as scary and demonic and we should run away, I just feel like they're not connecting with the spirit truly. Because if they were, they would have picked up on something totally different. That's just what I feel about it. It certainly would say to you that either they're not or they're having a different experience. You know, I will give that to some people that, but we, you and I both know there's a lot of sensationalism um, of things. There just is. They sensationalize and they go straight to, let's make it be negative and scary because people want that, woo, you know, that roller coaster ride, right? Mm -hmm. um, for you, I think when you, we talked about it, I have, I don't know if it'll work on here. I have this, can y'all see that? Here, let me get it. That's the mirror. Oh, yeah picture of the mirror. I took a picture and sent it to Michelle last night when I was in there. <laughs> yeah, so fascinating. She's like, I'm calm. There's nothing here. And then you picked it and you were so sensitive to the spirits instead of being like, oh, there's this horrible haunting place. You're so sensitive to talking to that. The one spirit, you met another spirit there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a woman in there too that I picked up on. I don't so really... Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting how these TV shows and the trend in paranormal seems to, like you said, centralize all, um, sensationalize all of this stuff to the point where we kind of lose focus on what that spirit connection really is. As far as personal growth and helping the spirit, I don't know. Yeah. Though. Yeah. It always bugged me to where I have never watched maybe a half of one of those shows. So it always just bugged me so much um, that I just couldn't. Uh, I'm not saying everyone does that, but it was prevalent. And I, and I gave that speech. And after I gave it, every Roger was like, everybody's wanting to know where your book is. This was a long time ago. And I was like, yeah, no, there's no book. It's just my opinion that I don't know why people think that screaming at stuff and screaming and, you know, um, yelling and trying to agitate. Uh, well, 
if that's what you have to do, and, and I'll add this, and you and I may be different on this because you do know a lot about the equipment and all that. I'm not cutting down the equipment, but for me, spirits are always around. I've always seen them. I've always sensed them. So if they're not around, that's when I think something's off. That's when I think something's mm -hmm. odd. It may, may not be someone who's, you know, passed away in that area, but there's all kinds of, there's so many spirit, different types of beings that, I mean, there's no way I've even encountered nearly scratch the surface of all the beings that there are. But I know that I'm, it's arrogant of me to think that, or, and humans, in my opinion, to think that we are the deciders of what's a, a, a spirit should be like. Because again, I just go back to why is it that it's our moral, our, it's personal moral compass, it's our ethics, if we have a code of ethics, it's our laws, it's our rules. I mean, for goodness sake, Amer you know, Americans, not even all of the earth, but Americans can't even agree on the same social mores. So how, why do we expect every being that's out there in the universe to agree, you know? So right. um, that's, that's where I want to, uh, I want to feel out the, the frequency, the vibe, you know, what I'm dealing with and the vibration, which the frequency is the rate of that and feel out, do I want to mess with this, this spirit or not? And I'm always, and some people think I'm being dangerous, but they're wrong because I've dealt with them since I was little and um, my earring just fell off. Um, and, but they'll, but I'm not, I mean, I, I want to know, okay, who is it that's around? What is it? And do I want to deal with it or don't I? And I, I would suggest everyone do that, do it in a safe way. Maybe get somebody to help you if you don't know, but to just cut off every being is thinking other oh, demonic, um, which I don't even know. You know, I just don't think they, you know, whatever we want to call it on this, the polarity and the duality mm -hmm. of beings, you know, most things are probably in between, like grace. I mean, in, the, in, the, in there somewhere, you know, uh, depending on what we're talking about. In so, your in your book, Spirits on Bell, you talk about the different entities, such as angels, elementals. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about how do you know from a medium side that you're talking to an elemental versus an angel? What so, happens that you make that that discern that discernment. Okay. So it, it didn't take long for me. Now you remember that I have felt this since I was younger, but I, I was never coached or taught anything. So what I, uh, what I would say to anybody, let's say they're just now kind of starting to, you know, pick up on things and connect with things. The elementals are going to feel very, 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 um, uh, they're just, they're, they're, it's frequency. And I do talk about it and I say it the wrong way. Forgive me, all you fancy people out there. I'm going to say sophageo. That's not how it's pronounced. But they were out their frequencies and they were outlawed um, and then they were brought back. And um, it's all in my book. And those frequencies go to different things like pain or anxiety or all, everything that you can, you know, in your life. But I, in my book, I had them also where how I've connected through those frequencies with an elemental with um let's say an elemental versus a let's say we're trying to figure an elemental versus what was the other one you said um let's say angel a, angel uh I, if you didn't have any knowledge 
of an elemental or of an angel. At first, it might be a little, a little bit like, I don't know what I'm, but I always say this. Here's how you, you'll start to know and you can start to keep a journal and, and know besides getting the book is I do a body scan always. Every morning I did it before I came on here. My body scan is how do I feel emotionally? How do I, how do I feel physically, mentally and spiritually? And that's good for everything. So what's mine? Then once I feel or I think, okay, I'm connecting with something. Um, I'm feeling like there's, and you may, you may not see it, but you're, you're sensing something. And if it feels good to you, um, but if it did, it feels like, ooh, a little bit off. So you got to just like check in with yourself. I mean, they are different frequencies, but I don't think you have to learn and go, okay, what's well, that frequency I'm tuning into? But you, there is a bit of, let me, here's why I think it's such a great question, but it's, it seems like a simple question. Everybody listening is probably like, that's an easy question. It's not easy. It's not an easy question because if someone doesn't have preconceived ideas about what an angel is to, and the seven most populous religions believe in angels, right? They just believe they do different things. I'll say this really fast. So Gabriel or Gabriella, I think they're androgynous, um, gave the message of the birth of Christ to Mary and the birth of John the Baptist to Elizabeth, but also did deliver the message of the Quran to Muhammad. OK, so all the you know those religions believe in angels, about 80 percent of people believe in angels. But let's say you didn't know anything about angels. So it's 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 very it's a very good question because then you go, OK, well, what am I connecting with? So you look, you try to say, get a sense of what they feel like. Do they make they feel they make you nervous? Do they make you feel um, fluttery? How do they feel if you can actually see something in your third eye or sense it? You start going through those things to question what they are. But I, what, the reason I think what you just said is such a good question is because people just assume that people know this is what an angel is. Well, what if people have gotten what an angel is wrong? OK, um, the definition of angel would be, um, you know, a messenger, an archangel or the characteristics of, quote unquote, God. But what if? It's what if those beings are different than and they show themselves and reveal themselves to people in different ways based on what those people are ready to see and hear and handle in their life. So they might appear different to different people. So it's a very good question. And I do think reading and studying is a way to do it. You know, if you're out in nature and you're, you know, and running around and and you're, um, you know, when somebody cut down my tree uh, in our yard because and. Then I found out it was already a dead tree. And I said, because I was communicating with a tree, um, CL, I'd never been able to communicate like with trees before, like, you know, actually the elemental. Uh, and, um, and Roger, he was like, Michelle, that tree's been dead. And they're finally cutting it up. And I was like, well, go figure that I would finally <laughs> cut tree and it would be a, it'd be a dead tree, you know, that I'm an unalive tree that I am having to communicate with, but it was, so I got a branch and he got me several branches from that tree and I still talk to that tree. Uh, so it's a great question. And I'm, I'm, I'm all over it because I think it's something broader than what people think that's just easy. Well, angels are like this. I don't know that I want to tell people that I did. In my yeah. book. This is how you identify an angel. This is how you identify. But what if, what if the way I'm seeing an angel isn't the whole picture? So mm -hmm. 
confine that to someone. So I do. I tell you, if you see Archangel Ariel, it's going to be maybe a light pink color, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they've shifted for me during the pandemic. They look a little more alien gargoyle-ish uh, to me. And, you know, we know from being um, overseas that those those gargoyles and things are were protectors on churches, right? You took a million pictures of those and um, they, they look more like that. So I don't know. That's so smart to tell people this is what for sure an angel is going to be like, or this is what elemental is going to be like. Maybe they should do some studying, but why do we have, why, why do we want to put that anybody in a box or any spirit in a box? So when it comes down to it, it's the way you interact with spirit basically. And yeah, how you perceive that other entity. Yeah. Well, Michelle, we are definitely getting down to the bottom of the hour already. What are your upcoming projects and where can people find you for readings? And where can so, they buy your book? Ah, the best place to go for all there's three books and one on its way. Um uh two with Lou Wellen publishing. The best place is Michelle Welch. Um W-E-L-C-H, kind of like the great juice <laughs> welch.com and you can get my books there it'll link you to our store soultopia uh we have a lot of good things coming up through the holidays if you live close and on zoom a lot of classes classes on zoom uh and really looking for all of our conferences that we have uh, we have a conference in new york coming up in in the spring so yeah gosh well, Michelle, it's been a great honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Thank you. I adore you. Thank you so much. And I I hope that you, um, I, I want that spirit drawing. And I'll tell you, I thank you so much. And you are so gifted and talented. And I'm so glad you're doing this podcast. It's going to be great. Thank, thank you. you so much. Oh.